Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message from our special guest. Hey, I just want to say thank you for having me to all the leadership team here. Pastor Don and Carol, thank you so much for having me. And I got to speak in English. You know, uh, if you can scan my brain at this moment, it works twice as much. So please uh, be merciful to me. Are you ready for the Word? Do you know that the Word of God doesn't change your situation? The Word of God doesn't change your problem. But the Word of God will change your perspective. The way you see at things, the way, the point of view where you see your problem will change. That's why you need the Word of God. Because if you read the Word of God, faith begins to arise within you. And your point of view will be different. You will see your circumstance, you will see your problem not from man's perspective, but you begin to see your problem from God's perspective. You will still see your problem, but at the same time, you will see opportunities. Then you know that God is with you. Then you know that you can tackle this. You know that you can win because of your perspective that is changed by the Word of God. That's why we need the Word of God today. But before we go to the Word of God, let us pray. Father God, we just thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity for us to gather together in your name. Thank you for this beautiful sanctuary that you have given ICC so that they can worship you, that they can have fellowship together. I pray today that you will not only bless us with good sermon, but also with revelation so that we know what decision we need to make, which steps we need to go, so that our lives glorify your name and being a blessing to many. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says, Amen, Amen. I want to share a very simple thought that I believe will help you in a great way. There are things in life that we cannot change. There are things in life that we cannot change because God ordained it that way. Let us start with Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. Is it all right if I give you a lot of verses today? Are you good with that? Good. Genesis chapter 2, verse 20, Genesis 8, verse 22. While the earth remains, seed times and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night will not cease. Again, I will repeat this because this is the, the text that we're going to base our Foundation today, while the earth remains, seed times and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. I'm going to call my sermon today or my teaching today, day and night, day and night. So we just read that how God ordains the earth. This is how the earth, our earth will function. In other words, we have to deal with it. There's nothing that we can do about it. God has ordered the earth to work like that. 
And all we need to do is accept them, accept it as a reality. Our refusal to accept what God has ordained, our refusal to accept it as a reality will create problem. There are things in life that we cannot change because God created that way. So we need to adapt to the situation. We need to accept it and we need to adapt to the reality that God has given to us. You know, that's why many problems that we face today are not actually problems. We call it problems, but actually it's not problem. It becomes a problem because we are not willing to accept as reality. And we are not willing to adapt to the reality. And it becomes worse when we try to fight and we try to change it. You know, I, let me give you a, a classic example. You know, I've been in ministry for more than 35 years. And I found that some of the problems, or many of the problems in marriage, are actually not problems. They become problems because the husband or the wife is not willing to accept the fact that man and woman are different. That's the fact. That's the reality that man and woman are different. Your refusal to accept that reality will create problems. So many times when they come to me for counseling and they said, we got problem pastors, and I said, so what is your problem? And they start to tell me the stories. I, I start to laugh to them because I said, that's not a problem. And they were shocked. I said, that's not a problem. I said, that's not a problem. How come it's become a problem? Because you don't understand how man and woman are functioning. Because God created us Different. So, your refusal to accept the reality will create problems. It becomes worse if you try to change your spouse. Anyone agree with me on this one? Yeah. So, that's why the problem will never resolve. Adapt to the reality, accept it as a reality. Ad adapting means that I am the one who need to change. I am the one who need to change. Instead of expecting others to change. In instead of expecting the situation to change. I am the one who needs to change. That's what adapt means. So as long as the earth remains, there will be seed times and harvest. There will be cold and heat. There will be day and night. Meaning that we need to be smart. We need to accept it as reality. We need to be smart in anticipating day and night. It is our reality. And then if we understand it, we can use it to our advantage. We should enjoy the night 
the same way we enjoy the daytime. Well, let me explain to you in general, in general, in a natural way. Daytime is a time for us to wake up, a time for us to get ready, to do our daily activities, to go out to work, to go to church, or to go to the beach because we are in Bali. Daytime is the time for us to go shopping because the sun is shining and everything can be seen clearly. It's a daytime, right? Okay, John chapter 11, verse 9 to 10, it says, Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. So, on the other hand, when it becomes dark, generally, we are expected to stop working, right? To go back home when it gets dark. Gather with our loved ones to take some rest, to go to sleep. It's time for our body to regain its strength so that we can work again when the sun rises the next morning. For some people, nighttime is a party time, right? When it gets dark, they enjoy the night away. But naturally, we don't panic when it gets dark. We know what to do when it gets dark, when the day turns into evening and the sun begins to set. None of us will get panicked. So, what we understand in the natural should give us insight into what we experience in a spiritual. Let me repeat. When what we understand in the natural should give us insight into what we experience in the spiritual. Because the truth is parallel. Because the truth is parallel. What we understand in the natural should give us insight of what happened in our lives in spiritual. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 46, the Bible says, However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. So, meaning that in our spiritual life, we also will experience what we call daytime and nighttime. In our spiritual life, because the truth is parallel. What we understand in the natural will also happen in the spiritual. So when we experience daytime and nighttime in the natural, we also will experience daytime and nighttime in our spiritual life. Daytime is the time when everything is clear. That's a daytime. Just like in the natural. You, are, you have clear vision. You can see from great distance. The leading of the Holy Spirit is very clear. You know the decision that you need to make, which direction that you need to go. You work hard to achieve your goal. 
That time is the time when the blessing of, of God is overflowing. When everything is good with you, you get promoted, growth is happening, business is doing well, you know, your profit is increasing, life is just wonderful. There's a daytime for you. But if you have been a Christian long enough, like me, like Pastor Don, you will understand that that will not always be the case. There are also times when light goes out, darkness starts to creep in our lives. And many of us panic when we enter the nighttime in our spiritual life. We don't like it. We don't enjoy the nighttime the same way we enjoy it in the natural. Like I said, in the natural, none of us panicking when we enter the day, the nighttime. We know what to do. Some of us enjoy the nighttime. But when it comes to spiritual night, we don't enjoy it. We panic. Oftentimes we think it happened because we did something wrong. And then we question God, why? Or we thought that God is angry with us and that He is leaving us. No, He never leaves. He always be with us. He's Emmanuel. Dark time spiritually is when you cannot see far ahead. You wonder when, when someone is witnessing or speaking and they can see clear vision. They know what to do and they are so fired up with it. And you, on the other hand, don't know what to do anymore with your life. And you wonder why, why I cannot be like them. Dark time is when the leading of the Holy Spirit seems unclear. Suddenly we don't know what we're supposed to do, and then we begin to worry, begin to doubt, feeling anxious, and the situation will become worse if we try to fight it. Have you experienced this before? Huh? Yeah. Or probably you are experiencing it now, and I'm glad that you are here so that you can gain some insight of what to do when you are in the darkest time in your spiritual life. So let us go back to the beginning of creation. I want to show you something that is very important. Genesis chapter 1, verse 16 to 18. Genesis 1, 16 to 18. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the dark. And listen to this. And God saw that it was, it was good. So in God's eyes, day and night are good. Hello? In His eyes, from his perspective, from his point of view, day and night are good. That we should enjoy the same, the day, as the, in the nighttime. Now go with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. 
And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the, of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called its living creature, it was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God has taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. So the Bible is very clear that the moment God put Adam in the garden, all Adam knew was work. That's all he knew. Then God gave instruction to Adam. He said, Adam, you need to tend and to keep this garden. Think of this for a moment. I will not preach this, maybe next time when I get invited back. But this is, this is one of the principles that God laid for the foundation of our lives. He said, Adam, I want you to tend and to keep this garden. The word tend over there means to cultivate, to make it better. And then he said, I want you not only to tend it, but also to keep it. To keep is to maintain the way it is. I have no problem with the second command. But I have problem with the first command, which is to tend it, to cultivate it, to make it better. Why? Because this garden was made by God. It means God is the best gardener there is. How can you make it better? The thing that God had created. The fact that God told Adam to cultivate it is amazed me. Well, you just have to invite me back. (laughs) Ah! So Adam needed to work to unleash his potential. He had to name all the animals. And what amazed me is this. When Adam busy working, naming all the animals, God didn't do nothing. God is silent. God did not interfere Adam at all. Whatever you want to name it. Just be it. So this is, this is how I imagine it in my mind. So all of the animals, Adam should name them one by one. So he, he named all the animals whatever he likes. Oh, this one is elephant. Oh, this one is tiger. 
This one is zebra. This one is horse. This one, you know. And God did not interfere at all. God just watched Adam name all the animals. God didn't even, wait a minute, I don't like that. No. He trusts fully in the potential that he placed in Adam. He trusts fully. And God did not interfere at all. He just watched how Adam worked. But something interesting happened. God made Adam fall into sleep. And not only sleep, the Bible said deep sleep. So God was the first who introduced sleep to mankind, to Adam. Adam did not even know what sleep meant. All he knows from the creation, all he knows was working. And then all of a sudden something Amazing happened. God introduced sleep to Adam and he slept. Deep sleep. Apparently, God did not design Adam or man to work without ceasing. Adam was made to rest as well. And what amazing is, in my opinion, is that when Adam was asleep, God was working. So when Adam was working, when Adam was working, God didn't interfere. God was watching. Whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to, to name the animal, I trust fully in the potential that I place in you, Adam. God did not interfere at all. But then, God says, Go to sleep. And he slept. And while he slept, God was working. Take out the rape out of him and form a beautiful woman to be, her, to be his companion. And it's all done when Adam was sleeping. God works on Adam's behalf. It's, it's, it's like, I put it like this, it's, it's, it's like God says to Adam, you know what, you've done enough, now it's my turn to work. And I don't want you to interfere my work. That's why you need to be put to, to sleep. And while Adam was sleeping, he then created a woman. So when Adam woke up, he, all of a sudden he saw a woman standing there. How it happened, he didn't know. That's why to men, women are always full of surprises. <laughs> but this is the lesson that we need to understand. This is the lesson that we need to understand. From the beginning of the creation, you need to write this down. From the beginning of the creation, God wants to work together with mankind. God wants to partner with you and I. From the very beginning, He already shows that He is interested in the partnership with us. 
And I can see it here very clearly that God is making deal with Adam. And the deal is this. Listen to me. The deal is this. I give you life so that you are able to do what you can do and you do what you must do and you do the possible. But when the light gets dark, when the lights are out, when it gets dark, I want you to rest. I want you to leave me alone. I want you to go to sleep. And while you rest, I will do my part. While you rest, I will do my part. I will do what you cannot do. I will do the impossible for you. Oh, man. This is so good. And now, with that thought, go with me to Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29. Now, Jesus came along now because it is in the New Testament. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as, is as a, if a man should scatter seed on the ground and, the, and, should, and should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself do not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now, here we see Jesus try to explain how the kingdom of God works. And again, you see the partnership between God and man. The Bible is very consistent in this. And, and he says that the man should scatter seeds by day and that he should sleep by night. And when the man wakes up in the morning, the seeds should sprout and grow. How it happened, he doesn't know. In other words, growth is a mystery. Because growth happens during the night. Listen to me. Growth happens while you are resting. Growth happens while you are resting. And now, having to know all of this, this verse makes sense to me. Psalms 127, verse 2, from the Amplified Bible. It says, It is fain for you to rise up early, and to take, rest, to, take, to take rest late, to eat the bread of anxious toil. For he gives blessings to his beloved in sleep. Aha. Uh-huh. And so many pastors came up to me and asked me about the key to growth. What is the key of success? What is the key to growth? They come from everywhere and they wanted to learn. And they got a very, very disappointed answer from from me. Because I said, I don't know. I don't know the key of growth. Because growth is a mystery. And then 
to ease their disappointment. I gave them an example. I said, I have three kids, I have three children. And I said to them, I never pray once, never once pray to God. Please grow my child. Never once. Never once. And boy, they grow so fast. If I can be honest with you, this is my prayer. God, please, don't let them grow that fast. <laughs> But how it happened, the growth, I don't know. I never pulled them, stretched them to make them bigger, never. But this is what I know. I make sure that they get the food that they need. Different food for different seasons. I make sure that they, they get the love that they need. I make sure that they are protected from anything that might hinder their growth. And that's all that I can do. They are growing so fast. Because growth is not our department. Growth is God's department. Growth is not ours to do. But it is God that will produce or help us with the growing part. But, you know, I know some of the keys. But for the most part, they were shocked because my answer to the keys of growth is always in the little things. My answer to the keys of growth, the keys of success, is always in the little things, never in the big things. Because I said to them, the key to open a door is always small. The key to open any door is always small. I've never seen the key as big as the door. Have you seen one? The key to open a door is always small. But the same key that will unlock is the same key that will lock the door. So if you neglect all the smallest thing, all the smallest detail, because you said, ah, oh, that's not important, then I won't be surprised if you've never seen any growth or any success. I will not surprise if you cannot open the door because you neglect all the little things, all the little details. Are you okay with this? So 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6 to 9. Paul said, I planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. So then neither who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gave the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Remember this, 
each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's fields, and you are God's building. So what is the, the lesson for us today? This is the lesson. God created day so that we can work, and God created night so that we can rest. That's it. That's the lesson for us today. And while we rest, God works on our behalf. Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor. Labor means productively active. Come to me if you are heavy laden. And I will give you what? Rest. So, in other words, he said, do what you can do. Do whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. And when the burden becomes heavy, when you get tired, when you cannot see far ahead, when your vision is, very, is not very clear, don't force yourself. Hello. Don't force yourself. Learn to rest. Learn, come to me and surrender. Give it to me. And let him follow up what you have been doing. Because it is now his turn, not your turn. However, there is something important for you to know, and you must know this. And I believe this will explain why even though some people choose to rest in God, and they come up short and with no result, and end up disappointed at the end. It's because of this. Your night, your night, your darkest hour, your night will not do you any good if you don't do anything during the day. You need to scatter some seeds to give God something to work on. Can you get it? Can you understand me? You're so quiet. You need to give God some seeds. You need to scatter seeds to give God something to work on while you are resting, while you are sleeping. Don't get lazy during the day. A seed can be in the form of labor, act of love, attention. Helping someone in need, praying for the needy, give your time for ministry. Seeds can also in the form of word of encouragement. Seeds can also in the form of money and finances. Give generously, give more than you normally give. So when you experience a daytime, the time when you get increased, when you get promoted, everything is clear for you, you have great vision, you know what, what decision you need to make, which direction you need to go. When you are experiencing daytime, scatter seeds. Help others. Pray for others. Give generously to your church. Give more than you, give more than you usually give. That means that you are scattering seeds during the daytime. But when it gets dark... You said to God, I scattered so much seeds for you to work on. Now it's your turn. I'm out. 
then this verse, Psalm 127, will work for you. He gives blessing while you were sleeping. So that verse is not for you to get lazy. Oh, he gives blessing if I sleep. <laughs> no, your sleep won't do you any good if you do not scatter seeds during the day. John 9, verse 4, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. So when you experience daytime, don't be, don't get, don't be busy judging others who are not doing so well in their lives, but lift them up with your words. Scatter, scatter great words into their life. Pray for them. Help them to go through their dark hours. And if you scatter seeds during daytime, and for some reason you begin to experience dark hours, come to Jesus. Surrender everything to Him. He will not only give you rest, but He will also work on your behalf. He will grow your seed. So when the sun begins to rise again for you, you will discover not only your seed grown, but you too has grown as a person. Your rest is your weapon. Now the devil might think that when the darkness comes, you'll be knocked out. You will give up. But what he doesn't understand is when you rest in faith, knowing this principle, you understand that your rest will be productive. Your rest will allow God to work on your behalf. And when you wake up, you will find growth happening in every area of your life. But let me close with this. What happens if you try to work or to stay awake during the night? Have you experienced that? You know, when you cannot sleep during the night, when you all of a sudden awake at night, and you cannot go back to sleep, your night will feel longer than it should. Right? Your night will feel longer than it should. But when you are asleep, the night goes really fast. Then all of a sudden, the sun is already rise, and you need to wake up, and you wish. You just wish that you could get sleep a little longer, Right? What does it mean? It means that you enjoy your night, actually. So that's why we cannot change the order that God has given us. Because if we are awake during the night, a little sound can scare us. But when we are asleep, we don't know what goes around us. Jesus was asleep in the boat when the windstorm arose in the evening, when they are on the way to the other side. And the reason that this, this, the, his disciples were very afraid, because they were awake. When you sleep during your night, your night goes like that. But when you try to fight it, and you try to work, 
your night will feel so long and you become afraid. I've been doing this principle for decades now since God revealed this to me. That's why I can enjoy my night and I can enjoy my daytime. And I take advantage of day and night because both are good according to God. That you should not be afraid of your dark hours. Just trust God. But make sure that you already spread your seeds enough for God to work on. Amen. Amen.